Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. I'm pushed. Me three. Yep. I'm glowing. Hmm. Is that how we're going to start today? Me three. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> Decidedly downer intro, Good Andy. The fine morning. Saturday matinee to you, too. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, everybody, we got a guest star Eeyore here on the show this morning. Steve, when did Andy show up? I hardly ever notice him. <laughs> Ouch. I see what you did there, and I don't like it. It hurt. Uh, Steve is outdoor casting because Arizona right now, it is 51 degrees and rainy, and my wife and daughter are about to get in the car and drive an hour to go sit outside all day at a swim meet. What do you think about that? In the rain. Wait, an outdoor yeah. swim meet? Yeah. Don't, you, don't you have construction there that allows you to build buildings that you can put pools inside of? Well, that's of? fairly recent. <laughs> Okay. This one is still dug out of just mud. It's just a hole in the ground. It's an unfinished. It's more of a pond swim meet than anything else. The coach always starts with, now remember kids, don't open your mouths. <laughs> and that, that glistening oil slick over there, yeah, stay right. away from that. That's taken out a few swimmers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, Oregon. Uh, how's your movie lives? Uh, what's the latest? It's been, it was slightly productive this week. I got a few documentaries out of the way. I think those reviews uh, showed up in several. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Netflix is like becoming my go-to place for these documentaries that I never knew I wanted to watch. Never knew I needed. No, exactly. It's like, it's apparently my Netflix, you know, recommendations are now like, you know, stand-up comedian shows or documentaries. Uh, that's that's what I'm getting there now. I don't know why it's doing that, but that's what it's throwing at me. So yeah, I I got to see uh, one that I it, just the title intrigued me um, because I I'd never heard of bathtubs over Broadway, and it's a interesting. It it caught me with this concept of you know in the trailer or preview of like oh there's this whole like secret industry that was going on and nobody knows about these things and we were never meant to learn about these things and now we're discovering them I'm like what are, what are they talking about but it's the this you know industrial broadway type things that they used to do is like big uh you know like they get the whole sales team together and they would do these things as like motivational inspirational new product line rollouts and, but you had people like Florence Henderson and Martin Short that actually performed in these things back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, but it was it's it's really fun if you like that whole Broadway thing uh, and enjoy musicals. I think people might really like that. So it was a pleasant surprise there on, on Netflix. Well, I saw the, um, the post that you did about it, and then I read the synopsis because I'm like, what is this crazy thing that yeah. he's looking at? And uh, yeah, it's, it's something I had never heard of either. It sounded really interesting. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. It certainly has piqued my curiosity. And apparently, it paid really well. There are people that you know they made their living doing this for you know decades because yeah. this spanned from the late '50s up through the mid '80s. And you, if you got in on this, because I guess it was sort of like soap operas, you had to like memorize everything really fast. You'd do the show like once or twice, yeah. and then it was on to the next thing, and you had to like learn your lines and everything quickly. And if you could do that, wow. they paid well. 
So there was that, and then uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, John Wick three. You know, John Wick three last weekend. I'm was the other embarrassed thing. to say that I haven't seen it yet. What? I know. I what? So busy. Both of you? It's been a crazy. Well, crazy yeah, you know, you know, Steve. This is what you do to me. You say, "Well, you really can't watch it until you've rewatched the first two. I'm like, "Well, hell, I guess I'll have to wait till it's out digitally because I have no it, no time to go rent the previous well, two. It, it, so. I'd say the the second one because that's where the the universe sort of expands and you get larger, you know, scope of the whole assassins community. And so if you're not up to speed on that or you don't recall, you may lose some of the references and say, "Well, wait, who is this guy? What's going on with this?" But it's still a whole heck of a lot of fun. It's it's possible I will be watching them back to back today with my son since oh. my daughter and wife are oh. going to be at the swim meet. Yeah, it's possible that's going to happen. Really, my daughter was invited to to watch it. The first one at the neighbor's house, and we're like, "Yeah, oh my gosh, (laughs) I am I'm not saddled with such parental. You don't have restraints, mental dilemmas." And and Pete, just warning: the third one in an audience full of adults, there were lots of like, "Oh, ah, oh," Mm -hmm. groans of anguish from some of the the brutality. So it's it's fun. And intense, but yeah, you got, be you got to be stuff. ready for it. All right, you got to be ready for noted. some 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 squirming in your seat for some of these <laughs> He's things. Like, noted, noted, and disregarded. <laughs> exactly, that's fine. That's fine. All I heard was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all you need to know. That's right. Uh, oh, let's so see, funny. Andy. You see anything good this week? Well, you know, now that I'm not uh, having to plan uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man shows a week. I have been able to jump back in. I'm not quite on my old bandwagon, but I certainly have had a busy week this past week. So, so to that extent, it's been good, you know. And also, this weekend here in Phoenix, it's the Phoenix uh, Fan Fusion, which is the new name for um, the Phoenix Comic Con, which they can't use anymore because San Diego Comic Con sued everybody who used the name, and they all had to change it. And so now it's called Phoenix Sand Fusion, which is one of the stupidest things in the world. But is it? That's what we've got. So that's going on this weekend, and I'm actually on a panel, uh, which should be fun. We're talking about kind of the the birth of uh, superhero uh, movies in kind of this modern franchise world, and we're looking at the movies from Superman in 1978 up through X Men in 2000. And so I've been doing a lot of uh, watching and rewatching of some some pretty bad and some pretty awesome uh, superhero and comic book based films like Flash Gordon and uh, Swamp Thing, Return of the Swamp Thing, uh, Tim Burton's Batman. I finally watched Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher, <laughs> you know, all sorts I, that of was, That classics. was not good. The Punisher. That it was, was not, not good. good. It really was. Sorry, not good. Dolph. No. <laughs> no, that and Howard the Duck were probably the two low points in my viewing experience. My high point, um, weirdly, I mean, as much as I enjoyed like Batman and uh, the X Men films, my high point was I watched Flash Gordon with my son and a couple of his friends. And as soon as the movie ended, and I mean, it's a fine movie. I had a fun time with it. It's it's campy and it's really, they do a good job of creating the world. But my son, one of his friends, looked at, uh, you know, they were talking after I'm like, do you guys like the movie? And they're like, oh, that was awesome. And one of his friends looked at me and goes like, they're definitely going to make a sequel to that one. 
hey, they still could. They still could. Oh, yeah, yeah, they still could. Or a remake or whatever. You never know. But I just loved the the passion he had with it. So that's awesome. Oh, it's a it's a <laughs> so it's a great. classic in, in our house. It, just because of the the Queen score. And my kids have been trained that if anyone ever says flash, it must immediately be followed by, ah, uh, yeah, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> right. that, that's what you do uh-huh. when you talk about that movie. Yeah. So, so funny. much fun. But yeah, otherwise it's been a pretty, pretty good week of, of movie watching and just catching up on some other things. I, so. I had some, some catch up here too. I, I caught, it was a guilty pleasure catch up week. Uh, if, if you'll note from my diary, I started with skyscraper. The uh, Dwayne The Rock yes. Johnson towering diehard Inferno, and it is a solid two star with a giant heart. Yes, <laughs> it's not a good movie, and I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, I did Game Night, which was kind of middle of the road. I'd set my expectations probably way too high for that movie. I love those people, and I felt like the jokes were were didn't live up to the cast. Um, and so I had to follow that up with a palate cleanser, The Hangover, which is one of my favorites of the of the genre and uh so that was that was good ended up watching finishing that one and uh, and then we did how to train your dragon do you watch that one with your do you, you know your kids i just finished one? it on my own i introduced my daughter to it and then she had to go do a thing and couldn't finish it with me and so oh, i okay. um i finished it because i love it and uh you know i'm sure we'll do it again and then we did the the third How Good. to Train Your Dragon, you which is uh, you know true to form, a beautiful, beautiful movie uh, that with a terrible dumb villain that I just didn't, I wasn't crazy. I don't think their their whole cat and mouse villain thing lived up to the rest of the series. Um, so, uh, but I thought it was just adorable and beautiful to look at, and uh, the score as is just exceptional. So there's a lot of great stuff going on in that movie. That uh, so it was a good it was a good week. It was a good week. Cool. Uh, yeah. Nice. I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up. I'm watching less TV. I'm trying to be more Andy, less Pete for a little while so I can check some of these things off my list and it's killing me. I haven't watched any of Star Trek season two uh, or Discovery season two, which is a, a real tragedy. Um, I hear it's such a roller coaster and now they have, uh, we finally got our first, I'm going to call it an official teaser of Star Trek Picard. Uh, what'd you think, Steve? I know you're excited about this. Oh, no, the whole family's excited about yeah. this. I, yeah, I, it didn't give us anything. It's a pure teaser, but the fact that it's happening and we're going to have this through CBS access, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. It's, uh, makes me want to go back and watch the last season of Next Generation again because just that arc of, yeah. of Picard and, and the tail end of the, the finale of the se- of the series was amazing. It was. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a show that just ended on a high note. Yes. Well planned. Yeah. Very, very well planned. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it looks just beautiful and the whole idea of trying to come to terms with why he left Starfleet. I think that just, just a, it is such a perfect teaser. Um, you know, that kind of, it, it just, I, I couldn't help but think of Logan, you know what I mean? As I'm ending this yes. with him in it, yeah. it just has that sort of tone. Uh, so we'll see, uh, how well it does. I can't wait. I, I have to, I have a little bit of follow up after our conversation last week about fandom and fan outcry. 
Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I don't want to talk about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog per se. I'm not crazy about this movie. But have you seen the news? Because I know you both have news alerts about Sonic the Hedgehog and because of your excitement about it. Have you heard what's going on with Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, it's getting pushed oh, yes. back. It's getting pushed back. Next year. Why is it getting yeah. pushed back? Because the fans rose up and uh, about the character design. In this case, I agree with the fans. If you're going to make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, make yeah. it look like Sonic. That It was like, what the heck are they doing? I don't yeah, know. I, they definitely really yeah. they leaned in on Alien and not Hedgehog. Right? <laughs> not no, they, well, they leaned in on how do we make a cartoon? <laughs> how do we star. make a cartoon yeah. look like it's in the real world? And so we have to, we can't, we're removing all the cartoonish aspects of this cartoon character. And that's the, that's the problem. I think they went with, hey, Look at what worked with superhero movies. Instead of being cartoonish, we're going to make them, you know, rooted in reality. So let's give this creature like real teeth. And uh, yeah, it just it uncanny valley creep zone is where they ended up, unfortunately. Well, rooted in reality. I mean, at least like Detective Pikachu did rooted in reality, but made the characters look like the actual characters. Yeah, that's the problem that I have with with this one. And I mean, I've played Sonic before and I mean, I'm not really a fan. My son is. But I mean, I I don't know. I I don't disagree with the fans on this one. This is just a decision that I I feel like if they had done a few focus groups, that people probably would have told them long before (laughs) (laughs) they had to release a trailer that you did it wrong. Well, that's, that's fair. I just, it it is one of the, and I guess it's, I guess there is a difference. We'll say this between the changing the film before it comes out and changing the film after, I guess, is that, is that what we're saying here? It's okay for, for fan backlash to, to have them go back to the drawing board before they release it versus, you know what we screwed up we're gonna you never know because to... i mean look at like i mean this is a an obscure one but or not obscure but just it recently in my memory look at michael keaton and the casting decision in batman people were up in arms back in the late 80s because they cast a comedian to play batman and they thought it was it was an awful idea yeah. it ended up working out really well in their favor so it can it can work you know it's just one of these things where i think there are times where the creative people actually have made a decision that is risky, but it's a good decision. And I just, th- I don't know. Personally, I think in the case of Con- uh, of Sonic, they made a risky decision that was bad in context of of the character. And I just, I think it would have been a disaster if they had released okay, it that so way. So insofar as I think it's it's silly, that's, that's separate because I'm not a fan of Sonic and I'm looking at Sonic and... <laughs> I don't I I need you to explain to me what people are upset about uh, because I don't I see that I, I don't get what people are upset about with the character design. I legitimately don't. This is not me trolling. What what is it that is wrong with the character of Sonic? The way they designed him in the film. He's like a long, like a tall, long, lanky track yeah. star. Like, you know, he runs a lot. So they didn't make him a, a squat, pudgy little Sonic Hedgehog thing. They just made him this like tall character that has long running legs. And I don't know. It just looked really stupid. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, Andy's right on point when he said if they had done some focus groups and maybe they did and they didn't have the right people in those groups. They didn't. <laughs> Question one wasn't, are you a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes or 
know to make sure they're keyed into, oh, these are people that are invested in this film and will who we're directing this towards didn't filter for that and then just, you know, said, oh, here's this character. People like, oh, okay, whatever. It's a kid's, you know, video game movie. We don't care. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I I think that it's because it's before release, you could say this is a delayed focus group feedback that they're responding to versus being disappointed afterwards and saying, oh, wait, we, the fans are demanding that they redo the story because they didn't like the fact that, you know, he was tall and Jim Carrey looks creepy or whatever. Well, I, uh, whatever you think about their decision to push back, I have to give massive credit to Jeff Fowler, whose response to this whole thing was just, uh, was, was gentlemanly. Uh, thank you for your support and the criticism. The message is on clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making the character the best he can be. I would not have probably been so genteel. Well, I'm sure that was not his no, first I know, draft. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you write it, then you wait a day, <laughs> then you delete it, and then you write it again. Uh, and and maybe that's the movie I want to see, is Jeff Fowler trying to respond to the angry mob. Uh, so. I'm honestly surprised that Sega let it yeah. get to this point because it in context of these these properties you think that they would do everything they could to kind of retain the the kind of the constant look that that character has had mm-hmm. that to me is the biggest surprise in the whole thing and they clearly care about it i mean they're continuing to develop the the property on new platforms releasing it in other places like this is the return of of sonic this is these are the halcyon days of sonic the hedgehog uh, <laughs> Uh, in in better news, at least to my ear, Taika Waititi oh, is, yes. got a summer release, summer 2021, for his live-action Akira uh, remake. What do you think? Yeah, hmm. exactly. Did you, did you know this was coming? <laughs> Seems like an odd choice to handle that property. <laughs> I thought so, too. Oh, and, and it's being produced by Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way Productions, and he's, he's taking a uh, uh, executive producer credit, I believe, and I think that's funny too. That uh, that's less funny to me than the director choice, because I mean the producer. Uh, well, it's it's you know I, I guess it speaks to the decisions you know he may be making mm-hmm. in, in picking mm-hmm. the director. I don't know. I feel like there have been a lot of other names bandied about as far as um, people interested in directing it, and I, I don't know. It just seems like a really strange one. I just don't look at. Akira as a comedic property, and I feel like Taika Waititi is a comedic director, and I have a hard time meshing the two. And I know he can probably do other things, but I just haven't seen it. But I mean, he he has the comic aspect, but you know, Andy, you you look at Hunt for the Wilder People, and it has its comic moments, but it does have more heart to it, and you've you've got that potential there. And even his, it, I went back because I was really excited about Hunt for the Wilder People. I wanted to see what else he had done while I was waiting for. Ragnarok. And so I tracked down the library, his film from 2010 boy, which is really good. It's a, a great, like family movie, uh, you know, about this 11 year old child and his, his fandom for Michael Jackson, but also his absentee criminal father that has come back. And it's, it's an interesting family dynamic. So I know he can handle more serious stuff. I like that. He'll perhaps have a lighter touch to Akira because he, some of that, some anime stuff can get just so heady in, you know, big philosophical statements like Ghost in the Shell and, and what if 
I think failure that was in trying to translate that into live action. So I'm hoping he's able to to manage the story, but still keep a balance to it is is what I'm hoping for this this project. I'm not going to expect an actual like literal at straight you know translation of the anime to live action. I'm hoping it, it it's the similar story, but that he makes it its own because I think that's going to be the best way to translate that into live action. Kevin Feige came out and said in an interview when asked, how closely will the Disney Plus shows line up with the the MCU? Because the, the, he had initially said last month that, that shows will have ramifications throughout the film franchise. Uh, and, and that was, you know, we talked a little bit about that, you know, how that worked with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first and second seasons. And, and um, uh, so he did a Reddit AMA this week. And said, uh, uh, you know, when asked, how will the Disney Plus shows weave into the films? His answer was short. Uh, he said, totally and completely. So that's good. Yeah, that sounds that sounds promising. It sounds promising for what I wanted out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all along. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, link to the AMA is in the show notes. Oh, okay. I have one more. I have one more that I thought about. Just, just okay. one more. It's Go very ahead. brief. Do you hear what Harrison Ford said when asked what he thought, who he thought should play the next Indiana Jones? Yes, I did hear that. I think he's abs- he's absolutely <laughs> right. Well, I didn't he hear said, what when I'm gone, yeah. he's gone. Yep. There's. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. 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 Indiana Jones is not James Bond. Indiana That's Jones right. is Harrison Ford. I am. That's a very interesting uh, contractual <laughs> thing that apparently he's trying to instar- instill. The uh, yeah. uh, clearly he didn't have the same pool with Han Solo, right? No. <laughs> right. Although I have heard, just this is a random thing. I have heard that uh, speaking of Solo, that yeah. it has such a growing fan base that are pushing that's, for a Solo right. sequel. Well, I, I'd be okay yeah. with that. I enjoyed Solo. Yeah. I liked. I watched it again recently, and I liked it more. Right. I, I, it's one that I, I think I fluctuate with because I feel like it's, you know, somewhat forgettable, but I do find it fun to yeah. watch. So I think it, uh, sure, why not? Yeah. You know. Oh, and I'm all for it. And speaking of resurrecting like dead franchises or franchises that some people might wish were dead or or not going anywhere, I know Ridley Scott recently said that uh, he that he's working on new Alien movies with this franchise and and taking it in a different direction. And what he talked about was he he thinks it it the stories that are told need to morph into something different, not just oh you know alien bursting out of the chest and death and then killing the monster. Uh, he said that's what they were trying to do with like Prometheus by leaving the monster till the end, the alien till the end of, of trying to tell stories in a different way. I don't know how much is backpedaling on all that, but at least he's exploring telling something different in that universe, at least is what he's stating at this time. Which I think is, I think is all yeah. great as long as it's, you know, Yes. <laughs> as long as the audience is good is with you, you know, oh, yeah. I feel like part, part of what was, movies, had, had yeah. it been, you, you know, when you find out that this is an alien movie, you expect it to be an alien movie. And yes. that's that. But the gap between what he wanted to do and what we expected is is where a lot of the problem happened. Yes, exactly. And he's he's trying to say <laughs> this is. This is quite a statement, but he said, you know, the basically the pinnacle of everything started with the first one. And he said, there's there's only ever the one. He said, it's like trying to do a sequel to 2001. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't, I love Alien. 
I love the first one. It, it is one of my top films of all time. To say it's like 2001 and you can't do a sequel to it is a bit too far on that one. <laughs> I, I kind of like the sequel to 2001. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, clearly, clearly the 2001 people didn't yeah, exactly. hear that either. Right. <laughs> Okay. That's funny. All right. Yeah. What do we have? Uh, let's do some trailers. What let's do, we, do it. Who's, who's going first Do we have any rules? Um, no, I don't think we have any any rules on this. Rules. Who needs rules? rules. Not rules. Andy. Andy's got the rule book right next to him. I don't know. <laughs> I make yes. the rules and I well, break what? the you rules. You know what? That's, that's my we, role We here were talking about Mar- Marvel and you were talking about going in and exploring, you know, superhero, film, superhero films from the 70s. Why don't you go first? Because you've got a superhero thing here that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I... I have this movie. I really don't think it's going to be a good one, <laughs> but but I love the idea and I love the whole concept. Uh, you know, I had such a great time with uh, Bubba Hotep when that oh, film yes. came out. I thought that the, the team behind it clearly they were having fun with this idea of a, of a kind of a retired uh, uh, Elvis uh, paired with a JFK who has been. <laughs> Died black. Um, it was in a senior citizen home uh, trying to stop an ancient evil. I thought that was such a fun idea for a movie. <laughs> it wasn't perfect, but it's a blast to watch. And I think uh, Coscarelli and the team really had fun with it. This movie might have the potential to have some of that fun. I don't know. It also kind of looks really stupid. <laughs> and it's really selling it. I want, I know I am, but I really want to give them. Um, the benefit of the doubt because it might have some fun moments. This is the film supervised with a Z with a Z I should say, cause it's a, a UK film. Uh, Steve Barron writer director. Uh, actually, I don't know if he's the writer on it, but uh, it is a film that is about a group of aging superheroes in a retirement home in Ireland who um, kind of, Similar to the other one, they they find something happening, some um, evil happening. In this case, uh, the trailer does kind of give it away. It sounds like the uh, the lady who runs the home is trying to steal the powers from the supers to become the mega super. And these four aging supers in this uh, retirement home have to come together for one last hurrah. Uh, these are, <laughs> of course... <laughs> Uh, I, I actually I have to open I have to open it somewhere else because the on on Wikipedia I mean on uh, on IMDb they of course don't give me their fantastic superhero names which I really want to make sure we emphasize because they are fantastic <laughs> the different names that these characters have um, uh, where is it I'll find it but right now it's uh, we've got uh, Tom Berenger. We've got uh, Fionula Flanagan, Louis Gossett Jr., and Bo Bridges as the four um, supers who are trying to stop this lady. And yeah, I, I, it, I, part of me just think it looks really fantastic. Then I look at their super suits oh. and I'm like, oh boy, those look like they were made out of felt by mm-hmm. kindergarten class. I, like, they didn't sell me 
at all on these uh, on these little things. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this one, but I, I want to believe that it's going to be something special. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, so we have um, Tom Berenger is Maximum Justice. Bo, Bo Bridges is Shimmy. Fionula Flanagan is the Madeira Moonlight. And uh, Louis Gossett Jr. is Total Thunder. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but I still, I still couldn't help but chuckle as I watch this. So, what do you guys think? Um, (laughs) well, to me, I my first reaction looking at the the superhero outfits and everything, I thought, oh, yeah, we're in a different world where it's still in this cartoonish land. But it feels so. It, to me, it reminded me of very much like late '90s approach to doing superhero film, sort of like Mystery Men or something like that, which is still a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the concept is really intriguing. It, it, it's like uh, Red with superheroes, right? We've got the aging, mm-hmm. retired folks coming back. Right, so yeah. I, I want it. I want this to be fun. I, I want to have a good time with this. And I think it's a film that exactly. isn't taking itself too seriously. And so the audience shouldn't take it too seriously. And I think if you can, if, if it's executed well, this should be a lot of fun. So I, I am looking forward to something just frivolous and fun and light. Well, and if nothing else, I'm giving you and JJ a oh, really yeah. fun option oh, it, to totally. put on your <laughs> yes. trailer oh, rewind. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great to to see Tom Berger here. Like, I get the feeling like his character in this home for superheroes is feeling similarly to him, the person being mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that a few times too. And uh, yeah, he, I, I think he's, I think he's great. And I, I've, I've missed seeing him in, in stuff. I don't know if I'm going to see him in this, but it looks, I, I'm with you. Like there is a chance that the felt first grade superhero suits, uh, are of a piece with the the movie and that I and that it actually adds to it. I hope that is the thing. I hope that we're all laughing along with it and not at it because it has I, I feel like it has real opportunity um, to, to be genuinely heartwarmingly funny. Uh, but uh, I, I, too, am, am a bit nervous. Louis Gossett Jr. Come on. That's a get <laughs> right? for yeah. this movie. <laughs> well, supervised. Uh, it's going to open limited release and uh, VOD starting July nineteenth. So uh, check it out and let us know what you think. <laughs> All right, Steve. All right. Okay. Uh, so my trailer isn't brand new. I think it was released a week or two ago, and I I stumbled across this and. It's the story of a military veteran that hunts the men who kidnapped her son. Which, okay, that's one thing. There's a lot of these sort of like straight-to-video films like this, but it's the cast of this one that really drew me in. Uh, Because as as your big bad, your tough guy is is Richard Dreyfuss. And I'm like, okay, I haven't seen him in forever. So he's he's gonna play this role. There's something he's gonna chew this one up. But it's it's our lead. It's Gina Carano, who I just fell in love with in Haywire, the Soderbergh film, where she's, you know, sort of a an assassin. She's like a former MMA fighter. And just her being a badass in this film is something that I think is going to be a lot of fun. It's all, it's like the opposite of John Wick. Instead of being in the city, she's out in the wilderness hunting and tracking these guys down that have, have taken her son. And it's something that, 
it, I'm looking forward to the stunts and the fights and all of this. There's n- probably not a whole lot to this story, but that's not what I'm going to this for. Uh, this is a film I'm going to go see for the, the awesome action and outdoor scenery. And it's called Daughter of the Wolf. And I, as I shared with Pete and Andy, and Pete, you can put it in the show notes, there's a great short film called The Cub about a, a, a girl that is raised by wolves. And I thought this is the natural sequel to that. Daughter of the Wolf. You get trained by wolves. You get to be a badass. You fight to protect your son when he gets taken by bad guys. Um, <laughs> August 2nd. August 2nd, 2019. Is this going to be a big theatrical release? No. This will be something JJ and I watch on a trailer rewind because I will be surprised if this plays in a lot of theaters. But I'm going to have fun with this. I feel it. I'm hopeful. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, you guys. Too. Richard Dreyfus. What Richard Dreyfus is uh, is playing the the part of uh, Captain Overdrive or what <laughs> Maximum Overdrive in Supervised. What is he doing in this movie? Like, does he have nothing else to do with this time? I think it's it, there is okay. First, it it's we need more movies with women protagonists that are like women Rambo. We yeah. need more movies like that. And this movie, like this trailer because Gina Carano is such an enormously physical actress like this this trailer i think looks uh, most sort of authentic to the to the the heyday of you know Stallone Schwarzenegger oh yeah um, uh, we'll say Lundgren generously. Um, sure, films, even right, the, even the Liam 80s. Neeson nowadays, right? I mean, yeah, right, Liam yeah. Neeson, and it's like we we need more of these kinds of things, yeah. and so th- I absolutely celebrate that. Uh, I I I don't know if this is I'm I'm with you. Like this is not going to be a movie you watch for for the story because it doesn't appear like there's much in the trailer that's that's leading me and and provoking me to (laughs) want to see it for the drama uh and mostly i mean if if i see it out of curiosity for uh, richard dreyfus's uh role great i wonder just how many minutes of of screen time he has in this movie it's all in the trailer it's all in the trailer i think it's all in the trailer (laughs) that's my hunch yeah yeah, I mean, I you know, for a trailer last week, I brought kind of a romantic comedy that, that that looked like it had some interesting things that could work because of the the characters and the I, I liked what they were doing with it. It looked pretty standard yeah. as far as rom coms go, but it's still kind of I don't yeah. know it caught my eye. I feel like this falls into the same camp for you, where you know I don't see anything special in it. It looks like it looks like the last Liam Neeson movie where he was in the wilderness trying to stop people, um, which I can't even remember the name <laughs> of. That's how much it impressed me. Exactly. Um, so I, you know, and Gina Carano, I think she's fine, but I, there's nothing special. I haven't seen anything with her that I find interesting. So, you know, I it's it looks like it could be, you know, a little more than kind of a straight up action movie, but not much. So it's probably not something I will check out. Okay. She was she was angel dust, man. Deadpool. That that, that means nothing Deadpool. to me. I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking oh, about when you say that. God. Okay. Well, of all of y'all, yeah. <laughs> I'm most excited about my trailer. Uh, which is, <laughs> which is uh, a new film from uh, writer-director Riley Stearns. Love me some Riley uh, Stearns. I yes. was going to say, Steve, please, uh, you shall begin the ovation. Uh, this is The Art of Self-Defense. Uh, I uh, 
man, I feel I felt such a weird and unfortunate connection with Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> character in this movie. Uh, and that's a that's saying uh, probably too much. Uh, I think he plays he's attacked at random on the street. And so he goes to his local dojo and uh, meets up with a new sensei to learn how to defend himself. He wants to become what he fears. And so this is Jesse Eisenberg's uh, journey to become, um, you know, a, a karate fighting, I guess, Mark Zuckerberg. How about that? Yeah, the circle is now complete. Uh, uh, it's a fantastic cast. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg uh, obviously is the lead, but Imogene Poots is in this and and Alessandro Nivola as the sensei. Uh, and it is it's got that sort of weird uh, uh, kind of pacing of the dialogue. Uh, it's it's unnatural and yet s- sort of supernatural. Uh, and it's already out of 137 votes. Those who've seen it at festivals uh, already bring it as, to a 7.2 on the IMDb six star scale. That's great news for this off the wall comedy that definitely pushes my buttons. What do you guys think? Oh, I'm I'm excited about this because I'm I'm excited to see Riley Stern's back. JJ and I talked about his prior film Faults back in 2017. It was our last mm-hmm. uh, trailer rewind. Uh, his film Faults, which blew us away. Uh, he's also the one that wrote and directed that fabulous short, The Cub. Uh, he his tone is he he can make you f- sort of feel uncomfortable and awkward really well. Uh, and I think that comes through in the, the trailer. So I'm really, really looking forward to this one because it's an interesting exploration of what it means, you know, to be a man, to, to defend yourself, to, you know, all of these issues in an era of like toxic masculinity. I'm really intrigued with what, uh, what he's going to be, you know, trying to say with this film. And I just think it, great casting in here jesse eisenberg uh i think this is perfect role for him and i'm really looking forward to to this when it comes out yeah this one looks it it, it piques my curiosity certainly i thought faults was a really interesting uh film to look at with some strong performances at its foundation Uh, and this one looks like it could fall into that same camp it does have that that uh kind of off uh, kind of uh, off-center comedic tone running through it, which, you know, I, I've seen some films where that works really well, some films where it doesn't quite, I, I don't quite jive with it. I In this one, I think I mostly jived with it. I, I think that it could actually be a pretty interesting uh, movie to check out. So it, it certainly... Um, drew me in and i'm curious about uh, checking this one out well if you hit south by southwest you might have seen it in march if you hit the chicago critics film festival you might have seen it just uh, on the 19th just a few days ago if you really want to see it it looks like it's getting a wider release july 12th uh, so coming right up uh, in a couple months in the usa i have no uh, release dates for other other countries so uh, be on the lookout. I'm hoping it gets a wider release because I I think it looks really funny and dark and it makes me cry. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do you get your groceries yes. stolen uh, in the parking exactly. lot? Exactly. Your car cry about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Now we're on to the list. 
Time for the mm-hmm. lists. So uh, we're looking at uh, George Cukor's 1944 film Gaslight this week, and uh, we decided to uh, you know have as one of our options films in which someone gets gaslit, and uh, that one kind of uh, stole the show. Everyone wanted us to talk about that. So here we are talking about movies in which somebody gets gaslit. Mm-hmm. Was this a was this a hard one for you? was hard for me to think of movies where it happened, but a few searches on the internet, I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can see that. And so it, it, once I kind of got into the flow, yeah. it ended up being a little easier. It, it, for me, it was one of those where I, uh, you know, now that we've sort of, uh, thrown ourselves into the concept of gaslighting, I start looking at these movies where gaslighting is obviously happening and it makes me sad. To think about, like, this is really manipulative behavior in this lightweight romantic comedy, for example. Like, what are we doing to each other <laughs> as humanity? This is terrible behavior. And uh, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to turn off my brain for a little bit. So, yeah, I, I struggled with when it's gaslighting versus whether you're just like conning somebody. So I did some searching, like what, what really is at the heart of gaslighting and the definition that came up with out of some articles said that many common forms of manipulation are about getting our own way, like gaming the system. Whereas gaslighting is simply about controlling someone else. So that sort of helped me focus a little bit. Cause I thought, Oh, just being deceptive and, and tricking somebody isn't really gaslighting. So how, so I was trying to get to the root of that manipulating piece, which at first was a bit of a struggle, but I, I think I came up with a pretty good list on this one, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I have a feeling there's going to be some steals, maybe some double steals in here. I'm, I'm worried about And there the may same. be somewhere we end up yeah. like, eh, is yeah, that gaslighting? Not really. Uh, well, we'll still count it. All right. <laughs> Andy's, are, Andy's already setting the bar low for himself. <laughs> so there he's like, the <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I'm just I'm just trying to help you guys out. I've got a okay. All right. Well, go ahead and lead us All off right, there. Andy, yeah. it off. All right. So I I am starting with I, I I think probably for me uh, one of the most obvious ones. Um, but it's a film I really love, and it's it's with a director that I I you know more recently have issues with, but. Back at this point in his uh, career, I didn't have as many issues with him. Uh, it is Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby from 1968. Um, this is just such a creepy film. I love it. And, uh, of course, you have Rosemary who dreams that she's raped, but her husband's like, no, 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 I just made love to you in your sleep last night. <laughs> and then, as it turns out, <laughs> she keeps having all these issues, and and everybody, like, everybody is pretty much gaslighting her, um, because as it turns out, it's a whole group of uh, Satan worshippers, and they they had the devil come, and uh, she's now having uh, the devil's child. It's such a great horror movie. I love it. First choice, Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> no, no, no. We just did it in your sleep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Classic. Classic yeah. gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was that a steal from anybody? No. It was on my list, but it was not a steal. Because I've never right. seen it. I've seen bits and pieces, but it's... it's what? I don't know. I have Polanski issues and the subject matter. I just... Eh. No. I think I saw uh, a, yeah. excerpts on like WGN as a kid, and that's... I have horrible childhood memories because I saw... I think it was in fourth grade. I saw like the edited for TV version of The Exorcist. So like horror movies on TV at that time, just... Eh, I just have a... <laughs> Can't do it. Don't want to. 
but no, great pick. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. worth watching and it's before he turned into Super Creep. So <laughs> so I feel more okay watching those <laughs> pre uh uh Tate murder films. All right, okay. Steve, what's your uh, what's your first? Uh my first um Let's see, let's go with this one. And uh, this is one that I I have not seen in a while. But as I was looking at it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the perfect example of this, of when you've got a system telling somebody, no, 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 you're imagining things. This really is your kid. No, no, no. Even if he is a few inches shorter. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's still your kid. And she's like, no, no, no. He's not my kid. Oh, well, we'll put you in a mental hospital because clearly... You're not buying into what we're telling you in Clint Eastwood's 2008 Changeling with Angelina Jolie, which uh, Eastwood is sort of hit or miss for me. And this is one that really surprised me because I wasn't I think the marketing didn't know what to make of this movie at that time. And so I wasn't sure what to expect if this was going to be like a police procedural of like and getting into you know the mystery of finding this kid. And there there are aspects of that. Uh, But it's one that. I haven't seen in a while and I think I'm probably going to revisit because it's, uh, as I've just, you know, been exploring the story on this, I thought, yeah, this, this one I really enjoyed and it's before it was, you know, ranking and flick charting stuff. So I'm kind of curious where this one's going to fall, but that's my first one is, uh, Changeling. Andy, was that a steal? It's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's, it was on my yeah. list. It was on my list, but not a steal. It wasn't one of my three that I was going to go with. It was a backup um, because of all of that and the fact that it's a true story. It just yeah. blows my mind that this is something that really yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's not one of my favorite Eastwood films, but it's certainly one that I found to be a very interesting story. It's, I, it's, I'm in the same place. It was, it, it was a backup for mm-hmm. me too. That lucky it didn't make my top three um, because I'm, I'm right with you. It is a classic example. Uh, and God, the true story just makes yeah. my heart sink. Um, uh, great pick. My my first one is one that it, it was based on a book that I uh, I enjoyed. It was a tough read. They made the movie, and I didn't like the movie as much. Uh, but I, I it's actually gotten better in in hindsight. The movie for me, it's uh, the uh, 2016 film, The Girl on the Train, uh, which in, in which we use alcohol abuse uh, to plant these sort of false uh, memories in our protagonist here. It creates an incredibly unreliable narrator and uh, a really dark and manipulative uh, experience and uh, a a, a pretty solid thriller mystery, too. So I I, um, it's definitely worth reading if you haven't read the Paula Hawkins novel. Uh, And I think it's worth seeing, particularly as a good example of of gaslighting in a horribly damaging relationship i haven't read the book or seen the movie because i heard the heard the movie was not not so good (laughs) i i may i may read the book but yeah based on your stellar glowing review of the film maybe i'll just stick with the book yeah, it's not yeah. it's not stellar glowing but yeah. it is a 6.5 okay. on the IMDb. It just it just skids right over. <laughs> okay. Screeches right over okay. the 6 star rule. <laughs> it's it is it, it's better. I think Emily Blunt is is really you know quite good and uh um so the the cast is strong it's it, it's you know see it if it if it streams someday past you okay. late at night you should definitely see it it's a it, it is a story of some it's like in that gone girl category of manipulation like it's dark um so you know get ready for that but okay yeah there you go girl on hmm. the train 
Andy, number two. For my second one, I am looking at uh, a 1955 film uh, directed by Henri-Georges Clouseau. It is Les Diaboliques, which is uh, The Devils. It is a really interesting psychological thriller about uh, some some teachers at a uh, kind of an, a school in France where um, they, they, these two women conspire. It's, it's the, the woman and um, her husband's mistress conspire to murder the woman's husband. And they do so, but then the body disappears. And then this woman, it's like all these strange things keep happening. Like, and is she losing her mind? Is her husband a ghost? Is he haunting this place? What's going on? And then, of course, there's the ending, which I don't want to spoil in case people haven't seen it. But uh, it's it's kind of a really interesting kind of uh, creepy movie as you learn kind of that this woman is, you know, in kind of a strange plan being uh, driven crazy and uh, driven to a point which, uh, again, I don't want to get to the ending. It's it's kind of hard to talk about it without going into too much depth with it, but it's a really interesting uh, twist at the ending. And um, But it's, it's kind of difficult because it's watching this woman kind of you know, being driven to a place where she thinks this place is haunted by her husband's spirit. And it's a, it's a pretty interesting, creepy little uh, psychological thriller. So that's my second choice. I haven't seen it. Neither have I. Oh, yeah. interesting. <clears throat> oh, it's okay. It's out there on Canopy and Criterion, and yeah, it's and, a Criterion so, thing. No, so I got that. Check it out. That it's it's always been out there, but I just never had the incentive. So yeah, okay, Andy, patient zero. It is on this one. I will, I will, <laughs> yeah, just just make sure you avoid the uh, the, the remake 96. Um, in the mid nineties with Sharon Stone oh, okay. and Kathy oh, okay. Bates, uh, Isabella Johnny. Um, I've. I haven't seen it, but I have never heard a good okay. thing about it. So that's one, well, to, one to add avoid. to my holiday weekend viewing. So, okay. There you go. I look forward okay. to reading your review. <laughs> All right, Steve. All right, Steve, what's next? Okay. Uh, let's see. Where do I go here? I think I will do this one. Is this where I want to go? <laughs> um yeah, I'll do this one. I, I, I guess it's we're getting into gray areas on this one as to whether it's really gaslighting. I don't know because it's you. You do have a character that's being manipulated, but I guess the manipulation doesn't come from trying to drive them crazy. I think the insanity comes from after certain events. But I'm I'm talking about uh, the Hitchcock classic Vertigo. Where we've got, you know, Jimmy Stewart and he's got the, you know, fear of heights and vertigo and all that. And he's manipulated because of the those weaknesses uh, to play a role in a in a, in a plot. Uh, but I, it's after that that he starts to, you know, think he's losing his mind. He starts seeing this woman other places. So I, it's sort of gaslighting, but not really. I, I don't know. So I felt like it's sort of close enough. Um, and it's one that... I haven't revisited in a long time, so I probably will. Um, that's that's my second pick there, Vertigo. Such a great yeah. movie. Yeah, such a great movie. I think that's. I think you could call it gaslighting. It, it's an odd one, though. The the fact that they go yeah. through such a process with him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm doing my Hitchcock um, sound film 
a revisit kind of series personally. And uh, that's something I'm going to have to think about as I rewatch that one is look at it in the gaslighting context mm, yeah. and really kind of gauge, you know, how it fits. It probably does because a lot of movies do now that you, once you see it, it's like one of those <laughs> lenticular posters, like it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my uh, second film is a 2002 film, Enough. Uh, with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Billy Campbell and Juliette Lewis. And this is one of those films where um, because it, there's there's the gaslighting where the victim uh, doesn't know that they're being gaslit uh, and the world around them is it makes them question the world around them. And then there's the other side, the emotional abuse side, where the victim absolutely knows that they're being gaslit, but everybody else does. It's the Cassandra complex where you can see the future, but nobody believes you. Uh, that that's, that's sort of this other emotional abuse sort of relationship gaslighting. That's what's going on in Enough. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, blame the victim it ends up being a horrifying, um, you know, chase, uh, much more of a thriller uh, as uh, Billy Campbell is chasing her down. It starts insidiously enough where he's he doesn't tell her, but he picks up their child from school and she goes into a panic. All these things to make her start to feel like she's a little bit broken. Uh, and uh, and then it becomes uh, one of those empowering movies where she goes and she gets trained and she you know it's I, okay who, who am i saying kidding this is the art of self-defense but with jennifer lopez and uh <laughs> so uh it is um it, i i haven't seen it in a long time but i remember it being a, a tight little thriller it was um you know it was a fun uh, insofar as these things are fun fun uh, excuse to see jennifer lopez kick some ass and uh, uh you know i i like nicholas Kazan uh, as a writer he's written some things that i'm i'm a fan of also some things that i'm not but i'm a fan of i was a fan of this so there you go i haven't seen it no oh, have I. I like that it didn't it didn't look yeah. good uh, <laughs> you, well i mean yeah. you know your your review of it is like oh maybe i should check it out but uh, i just remember at the time i'm like oh, it doesn't sound very good but well uh, maybe it's, it's worth certainly in the context of emotional abuse in a relationship and an ass kicking movie, uh, you can't you can't do a better mashup than enough. Okay, wait. Yes, you can, but yeah. enough is still in the running. How about that? <laughs> a solid five. <laughs> solid five point seven on the IMDb scale. Yeah, it's barely there. So, it's and, barely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think the issue is it's. I see it's PG thirteen, so I yeah. don't know if they softened some things in that led to. I don't. I don't know. But yeah. it's one that. Eh. You know what? You yeah. know who you see this for? Actually, Billy Campbell is. He's not a nice guy in the, and he's he's really good at being a not nice guy. Uh, and, you know, for those of us who really loved him as Cliff in The Rocketeer, um, when you yeah. see him playing this role, <laughs> you don't like him anymore uh, as The Rocketeer. So there's that. Okay. All right. Andy, number one pick, your right, favorite for, gaslighting movie. For my final choice. I, I'm going with one that, you know, the gaslighting portion of it is a relatively small portion of the film. It's a film that I really love. And I, I guess I never really put it in context of gaslighting. And I'm like, gosh, that's kind of dark and diabolical, which I, I knew the, it was dark and diabolical in the movie. Um, but I always had a chuckle about it because of the way that it this plays is out. Steel. I can feel it. I can feel it in your setup. <laughs> It is, of course, the the absolutely brilliant Amelie by Jean-Pierre <laughs> Junet, 2001, um, 
uh, romantic comedy, but <laughs> largely it is the very specific story about you know she she Amelie is you know goes on all these little kind of side adventures I guess you could call them with the different people in her uh, life and uh, there's this particular uh, like fruit stand that she stops by and the uh, the the owner of it is terrible to his uh, to his assistant and so she decides to basically gaslight him and make him think he's crazy she she messes up his shoelaces she changes the light bulbs in his house so that they flicker and she changes his alarm clock so he gets to work at the wrong time she changes his doorknobs she just she she really does everything she can to make him think he's losing his mind and uh, it's it's kind of a really strange thing to do uh, just to help this uh this employee out um and it's it's actually pretty dark and and evil when you think about it but in context of a romantic comedy it ends up just being kind of funny but anyway that's my final pick amelie such a hard steal for me uh if only because i think you neglected to say the best one where she changes the speed dial from mother to the psychiatric hospital i love (laughs) that <laughs> it has been I don't, I don't think I've seen this since it first came out. So oh, it's wow. it's really hazy recollection on that. So I I don't remember the story that well for this one to have come come to mind and I in my searches it came up and I'm like, "Well, I don't remember this enough to to say, "Oh yeah, I remember that piece strongly." So it's one that I remember enjoying, but again, net, not coming back to. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's oh, I think yeah. it's worth checking oh, out. Yeah. I love the I movie. Yeah. So there we go. All right, Steve, cool. you're number one. All right. Uh I, okay. Um yeah, I just watched this recently and I remember the first time I saw it. And, oh yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good adaptation. And the second time just seeing uh, just a, a darker co- comic side to the story in Gone Girl. Um, so I, I think probably it's again, gaslighting. It's not so much. She's trying to, it is about the controlling piece. And it's such a, um, both of these people are horrible people in the games they play with each other. Uh, but I think just the, the main story of a woman who is just manipulating her own, creating her own disappearance. Um, ugh, yeah, it's. That that's my number one. Uh, I love a good Fincher, and uh, I'm waiting to see what he does next. But yeah, that's my number one. Gone Girl. That's an interesting one. They are uh, <laughs> they are terrible people. That's for sure. <laughs> can Can you hear my dog howling in the background? No, I just heard a bark. Uh, he's uh, whenever a siren goes by, he feels like it's the call oh. of the wild, and he starts baying at our window. <laughs> And that's what's going on. I had to mute for a second. Because, yeah, see, I mean, he's full on at the moon kind of a thing. It's, it's like, my people, rise up. Um, yes, exactly. Gone, gone Girl, I, you know, that's that's one of those where it's like the, the world is being changed and, you know, nobody else believes you kind of yeah. gaslighting experiences. And I, I really enjoyed Gone Girl, I think, more than others. I can't get anybody around here to watch it with me anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, well, just show it to your son. Ah, yeah, that's a great point. Oh, <laughs> yes. Fertile grounds, Andy. Thank you for the reminder. 
Uh, well, my number one pick was Amelie uh, because it's amazing. But now I'm going to have to go to a backup and I'm going to have to go to that. Uh, I, I've never thought of it this way. Uh, I didn't even really. It, it is not a movie that aged well as a comedy, but I'm going to say it because it, it's uh, one of those classic gaslighting things. When you have somebody who you don't like and they get amnesia, the proper response is not to pretend that they're married to you and make a fool of them. The proper response is to get the medical help. That's what I would say to Kurt Russell in Overboard. The whole movie oh, yes. is gaslighting. Uh, and we should be ashamed that we find it so funny because it's not. And uh, I am amazed that this movie got remade, <laughs> given that context. Yes. Uh, and, and so... Uh, no, no disrespect to uh, was that Anna Faris? Um, yeah, but my goodness, uh, this is this is not a charming story. And uh, it, you know, I, I know we can look at it with whatever eyes we bring to it, but it's when you look at it from the concept of context of gaslighting, it's pretty grim. Uh, so there you go, Overboard. Were you guys fans of Overboard? I was. Yeah, uh, it's in been the eighties. Oh, I haven't was, seen it. Yeah, yeah. It was that whole Kurt Russell, you yeah. know, Overboard, Captain Ron era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that it holds up, but I'm with you. I mean, 1987 uh, is a long yeah. time ago. That's when I would have seen it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I saw it again in college at some point. Uh, but it's it's uh, I, I was watching clips of it this morning and, and watching the trailer again to get up to speed. And it's uh, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty funny in this context <laughs> that it's it's so amusingly mean spirited. Somebody needs to do a recut of the trailer with some uh, psychological thriller score (laughs) and just turn it into like the dark gaslighting version of the of the film. Yeah. Yes. Truly. So there you go. Get to work on that. Listeners. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, there's our list. So we are looking at uh, Spellbound. This is our first Hitchcock movie on the show, believe it or not. Um, So. What are we going to do about Spellbound? I feel like we have to do dream sequences. Like that oh, is like yeah. a yeah. foundation right. of the movie. Yes. <laughs> right. And I'll be disappointed if no one puts Dreamscape on their list. Dreamscape is already on. That Shouldn't that be on all three of our lists? Uh, is there right. an emoji oh for gosh. a triple steal? Um, I think I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, uh, you know, uh, Salvador Dali. Uh, other great Salvador Dali movies, movie impacts, uh, but maybe dream sequence is enough. I think dream sequences. Will get uh, yeah, us I think there, the Salvador yeah. Dali one is the interview. Yeah, very yeah. Limited list. it's very yeah. short. Um, the other, uh, how about uh, I'm a, a, what, what could it be called? I'm a terrible psychotherapist movies. Why don't we just say, <laughs> just like uh, me and my shrink? Let's just <laughs> yeah. do me and my shrink. Me and my, me and my shrink. Great. <laughs> Is <laughs> is this the one that has the POV with the gun? It's yes. Been, okay. okay. I'm trying to remember because that was that was like I don't know the first time I recall seeing. I guess you don't see a lot of POV stuff in the you know when you're dealing with big cameras back in 1945. I don't think they were doing a lot of POV stuff. So I'm just trying to remember which Hitchcock this is because I remembered. Salvador Dali, but I'm trying to remember when I did my Hitchcock. Yeah, we could binge. do we could do interesting like uh, films with an interesting POV. Yeah, uh, um, you know, I, I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. unique. 
POV stuff. Yeah. All right. So dream sequences, me and my shrink and POV. <laughs> yes. Okay. I like it. All right. Well, the list is going up, everybody. So get your votes Jeez. in and we will figure out what we're going to talk about next week. I love week. it how it dings that it's already in before you finish talking about it. How do you do that? Hey. So fast. I'm a master. All right. Uh, this is a good list. Uh, uh, you know, see all of the movies except uh, Overboard on our list today. <laughs> and uh, definitely see Amelie twice. And uh, that's uh, all we got. Thank you, Steve and Andy. What's the first thing you guys are going to see this weekend? Well, I got to watch Spellbound. I guess I'm going to sit down and watch Diabolicu. Diabolicu. I'm going to Diabolicu while having some barbecue on a nice Memorial Day weekend. I don't know. I, I'm, but I'm, 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 I want to use this weekend. There's movies I want to revisit, like Fury, and I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in a long time. But I don't know that the family's going to be up for those types of things. But I'm trying to maybe squeeze one of those in. Nice this weekend on a Memorial Day weekend. So. Good plan. Good plan. Well, yeah. uh, that's uh, this has been a great conversation. As always, thank you all for this fine uh, Saturday matinee. Thank you for supporting us over on Patreon.com/slash The Next Reel uh, and uh, helping us do what we do, paying for the costs of producing the show and keeping it coming to you. Uh, thank you, everybody. If you haven't. Uh, considered supporting us if you're catching this for free on patreon we sure uh, would uh, appreciate you considering uh, throwing us a couple of bucks you get access to all kinds of fun stuff you can join us on our discord channel and uh, talk to all the other movie lovers who uh, like to hang out and talk about movies it's really fun uh that's all i got andy steve have a great weekend see ya outdoor hondo I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.